There is a path. It runs from the dreaming city all the way to the sea. It splits and branches and grows like the tree I climbed when I was a child. Most think this path is a pilgrimage. In short, you might meet a god along the way, some elder being of the wood or river perhaps, but they won't think your journey is holy. I can promise you that. No, they'll simply check in on you. Along the way, you might pass the Cathedral of the Glass Priests or see the City of Eternal Darkness cross the endless bone wastes or delve into long-lost caves. What you'll find there, I don't know anymore. What's on the path shifts and changes daily, and it's been years since I walked those stones. But I can offer you some advice. Take little with you. You'll want room in your pack for what you find along the way. And you'll want room in your heart too, because what's most important of all is who walks that path beside you. They'll teach you kindness, show you what it means to be curious or loyal, or maybe they'll protect you and keep you warm. Keep them close, walk hand in hand, until the road fails you and you can see the ocean crash against the sands. Welcome to Diceology, an actual play podcast dedicated to telling you stories in an anthology format. We're here for the role-playing and the rolling, and with me, as we record on this fine morning, is Will. Hey! And Natalie. Hey! And Olivia. Hi, guys. Uh. <laughs> uh, but we are back together, all four of us, for the first time since shepherds Ooh, yes yes i it think it feels so. like it's been oh. so long so long yeah i i oh, yeah i think we've we've gotten together to talk about the show but i don't think we got together as all four of us to play uh but we are right in the middle of our anthology from anna landon so we're playing one of her latest games uh called dust of the traveled road and let me pop to the front and see if she has a little blurb. Yes, she does. I like I like her little writings at the beginning, so I'm going to read it. For a time, you have dwelled beneath the spires of the Dreaming City and called its streets your home. Many days you wandered through her alleys and walled gardens, content under the mercurial rule of the hebdomad of dreams, until the day you awoke to find your dreams worn thin, fraying at the edges, and a restless ache in your bones. Your restless feet carried you to the waking gates to find others like yourself, who had heard the call of the road. Together you set out into the unknown, beyond the walls you know, to see the wonders that lie beyond those stranger hills, to find perhaps another dream to dream and walk the world till journey's end. We may know how this ends. Others have traveled this way before, and you may one day come this way again, but those are other times. This is now, and you have many miles to go. Wow, I struggled with that reading, but oh well. Um, So... Basically, the way this game works is it's a collaborative storytelling game um, where we each create characters and we have a map and we are going to pick locations uh, as we go. Each one has a set of prompts for little scenes that we're going to do. Some of the scenes are um, are put behind. I, I, I hesitate to call them barriers, but they're 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 locked behind uh, skills, which 
each of us possess a pair of skills and either by ourselves or through collaboration, we can unlock them and participate in each other's scenes, depending on these skills. And some don't have any uh, limitations at all, but we will, we will see that as we go. Uh, each character is made up of a role skills, traits, and bonds. Um, so why don't we go around introducing our characters in our table order and make sure to include uh, a little bit of your backstory, maybe all of your backstory, since we actually got really excited about this game and uh, each of us came with like a big document um, with with like a full backstory and everything. And just make sure to say what your role is, what your skills are, primary and secondary, your traits. Um, and then I'll talk about dust a little bit and traveling and then we'll get started. Natalie, you want to get us started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am playing a class question mark um, called the, the crow. So my primary skill is knowledge and my secondary skill is arms. Um, and for my starting trait, I chose scared. So my character's name is Ember Tafana. Um, she has just turned 18. She's very, very young. And uh, she was forced to grow up at a very, very early age. Um, her There was violence in her family and her father essentially killed her mom. And it kind of spiraled into this whole thing um, where she was left on her own Uh there are a lot of rumors that she killed her father um, by accident, maybe, maybe not by accident. And after that, people began hiring her to like kind of take care of abusers and powerful people and people who were getting away with violence. And um, and so she kind of became mm, something of an assassin. She doesn't always kill her victims. She sometimes intimidates them, drives them out of the city in some way. Um, but this all, this all went down when she was like 10 years old. And so she was kind of just like fell into this life and, um, and she's, she's an expert in like things like street smarts, right? Uh, she's really good with knives. She's good with disguises, um, uh, you know, haggling, uh, human behavior, stuff like that. Um, and so that's kind of her deal, but now uh, she has really pissed off like the wrong guy essentially and is in a lot of danger and there's a target on her head and um, she never really wanted this life for herself anyway. So she is essentially fleeing the city, um, trying to escape and just build something different. Um, so yeah. Are we going over like bonds too? How's that? Is that enough? Yeah, definitely. Definitely hit bonds. Okay, cool. So so the way bonds work is we each have them with two people. So mm -hmm. it's like the if we were sitting at the table, it would be the person to my left and to my right for purposes of this game, since we're all remote. Um, we kind of just chose who we were going to do that with. So uh, I have a bond with Arno, who is Will's character. Spoiler alert. <gasps> um, <laughs> uh, so our bond is that we are old friends uh, because Arno has been magically enhancing my weaponry and various sketchy items for years now. Um, you know it. I make the crow's feathers. That's what I tell everyone. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yes. I forgot to mention Ember is like 
known as the crow but like almost no one knows her actual identity so kind of throw that in there um but yes i like that will and then with jezebel who is dane's character um we are formal or former rivals i suppose you could say um because jezebel is something of a protector of the city and she is the only person who has ever caught me so those are my bonds is that is that good yeah yeah it's a great introduction do you want to describe her a little bit physically before you pass that (laughs) off to the next yes absolutely i feel like i always forget about that (laughs) um so uh she has she's pretty small and slender um she has pale skin she has like a lot of some significant uh, scars across her face uh long dark hair which she usually keeps down um just to kind of better hide her face hide herself be discreet um and uh these really striking blue eyes and so she's pretty other than her eyes i'd say she's like pretty common looking so she can fly under the radar pretty damn well usually wears dark colors boots you know stuff like that so yeah um and i believe will is next (laughs) i'll go next (laughs) um thank you for uh introducing my character a little bit there (laughs) um i'd like the audience to meet um arnon dalos who is a character i'm i'm gonna be playing he uses he him pronouns and he grew up sort of in a middle class family in the trade district of the dreaming city where uh, he comes from a long line of people that are called spellsmiths. So basically mages, magic users who specifically tailor their magical abilities to uh, working with tools, weapons, jewelry, and uh, adding sort of magical properties to them by sort of etching runes or markings um, and then using things like gemstones or alchemy ingredients to sort of um, boost or, or alter these things. And Arnon is one of the best uh, in his family for like generations. You know, it's like he's in the long line of spellsmiths of the Dallas family. He's one of the best. And uh, though he's in like his his mid twenties, he has risen up as an apprentice to uh, the famed spellsmith Maris Malagni, Malagni of Maris Malagni's Magical Metalworks, um, which is the the name of his his spell forge in uh, the Dreaming City, but. Um, Arnon, also known as Arno to his friends and family, is not necessarily just content to uh, work for a salary as someone's right-hand man or assistant and has dreams of opening up his own metalworks where he can create, you know, his dream, his vision, his ideal objects. So in order to get a little extra cash, he began to sort of illicitly work on the side uh, where he sort of touched tangentially rubbed elbows with the criminal underworld of the dreaming city enter ember enter the crow where he began to do some you know side work outfitting gadgets and tools and weapons you know to aid her in her various you know missions or hits if you will um and he also worked for uh this fixture in the criminal underworld called underbouts which is basically some back alley um sort of street underground jousts and melees where local neighborhood mercenaries will fight one another for money or honor. Um, And while doing this, he fell in love with one of these mercenaries 
um, and sort of got caught up in this this world that he'd never had contact with until his partner was brutally murdered in a in a corrupt and fixed match, which really caused Arnon to have sort of a crisis of conscience to be like, do I even want to do what I'm doing anymore? Uh, I had all these dreams and plans for myself, but now I just feel so, you know, kind of disgusted with with the society I'm living in. So he has abandoned this dream of opening a quiet storefront and just plying his trade and instead wants to leave the city and sort of find himself and also kind of subconsciously find something that can help him protect the loved ones in his life. Because even all that magical armor and armor that and arms that he created wasn't enough to, uh, to save his, his partner in the end. Um, in terms of how he looks um, to wrap it up, Arno is um, he's, got fair skin he's got kind of dark hair wavy hair um he sort of has a thin beard or some stubble he also since birth has has lacked the use of his legs and has a wheelchair that he can maneuver himself around and um combining it with his knowledge of like um metal work and his his sort of magic smithing and forging he's modified this wheelchair um, though it though it doesn't erase his disability, he is able to like use it to go over most terrain and at various speeds, and it has you know different comforts that are attached to it. And that is that's Arnon Dallas. All I'm open to questions. If anyone has any questions further, oh um, traits, oh my bonds, traits, bonds, and your your skills. Yes. So so Arnon's traits are. Uh, the tagline I used was brilliant. So Arnon can tinker with anything, imbuing it with arcane magic to perform various functions. And uh, in terms of um, skills, he falls in the spellsmith category of the Magus tree. So he can use uh, magic as his primary skill and then arms as his secondary skill. And uh, my bonds are with Ember, Natalie's character, and Keanu, who I guess this is a way to introduce uh, Olivia's character. But basically, um, Ember and I are good friends, and she owes me a favor because I lied to the authorities on her behalf, and I got caught up in some sort of um, criminal enterprise, and I was way out of my depth. And I maybe my workshop got ransacked as a result. Um, <laughs> and then with Keanu, uh, I gave them something precious, or they, they gave me something precious where they gave me my first arcane stick and poke tattoo, which uh, I cherish with a lot of sentimental value. All right. I pass to Olivia. <laughs> Today I will be playing a character named Keanu Finch. Um, pronouns are they, them. Um, their look, they have dark, short hair, lavender, gray eyes, tan skin, various white geometric tattoos on their arms, um, some of which... They were stick and pokes that they did themselves and other people in their world have done it. Um, and their outfit, they kind of wear like bohemian style pants and a long shirt with a sash. Um, they're a young 21, they're 5'10". Their primary skill is magic and their secondary skill is knowledge. Their trait starting out is intimidated. Um, their bonds are with Dane's character, Jezebel. Um, they're hiding something. What makes you suspect them? Um, Keanu has grown up in and around a lot of magic, um, but they've never really seen an Arknight or like been that familiar with them. So uh, Jezebel's really skittish and closed off when I act curious about them. And I've 
um, always been surrounded by pretty open people because I've kind of been sheltered. So uh, this girl doesn't just offer things up easily. So I'm kind of suspecting of her. Um, and Arnon, um, they've given me something precious. What prompted them to do so? Um, I wandered into the shop of his one day and uh, he gave me a silver bracelet that he had just made. Um, if I wear it in a certain way, it can make me invisible. Um, and he thought that it would be helpful to me. I really look up to him. He's very nice and highly skilled. Um, and so the background for Keanu, ever since Keanu can remember, magic has been theirs, with them as constant as breath, and so has the love of learning. This is why Keanu knows that it's time to leave. There's more to learn. The gardens inside of Dreaming City have been the perfect place to become who they have known themselves to be. It's comfortable and safe, but they know that the next thing to learn exists just beyond the waking gates. Everyone else in Keanu's life has encouraged this developmental step as they have all left one by one. Sometimes Keanu gets letters from the people that they love and they keep them in a small bag that gets slung over their right shoulder daily to boost the faith in themselves. But they're 21 now and it's time to trust the road and stop resisting where their feet will go. The magic that Keanu does includes um, casting spells, supporting others by casting magic, sometimes adding tattoos that can support people in subtle ways. Um, tattoos are like an actual, I guess, physical representation of like giving people support. Um, and they can also have visions for people and then share them. Um, so all of their magic is enhanced by nature. Um, and that is Keanu Finch. All right. Um, so uh, I, I'm last on this list. I'm playing Jezebel, uh, pronouns she, her, and she is the Arknight, which falls under the, the knight category. So her skills are arms and magic. Uh, her trait is fearful. She is afraid of being pursued beyond the borders of the Dreaming City. Uh Jez Arknight is a type of person as much as it is a like title. Uh, she was born from the embers of a dragon and the ashes of warriors who died with honor. Uh, Jezebel was and is an Arknight. These warriors of might and elemental magic are formed by mages of the Dreaming City and serve as its most stalwart protectors. They are bound by enchantments to follow orders and to serve to their dying breath. Though this is a secret kept from the Arknights by their creators and the Hebdomad of Dreams. Arknights are instead led to believe that they sprang from the Dreaming City's own desire to protect itself and its inhabitants. Jezebel was made by an ancient mage named Tenebris. He named her, which is against the rules, and she called him Grandfather. He eventually broke down and told her of her own nature. She initially didn't believe it until he pr proved it by essentially forcing her to... to uh, take actions against her will and she fled from him uh her attempts to f tell her fellow arknights uh only were met with like laughter and mockery and disbelief and eventually uh tenebris found her again and convinced her to flee the city uh he's broken the enchantments on her which is against all of the laws and the high high mages and other arknights will be coming for him and her both um She's fled with nothing but the clothes on her back, the bag of supplies that from Tenebris himself, uh, a star steel axe she stole from the barracks, and her innate magics. She's fallen in with fellow travelers as, and is fleeing the Dreaming City, hoping for another place in the world that might be a true home. Uh, so her magic is a little bit... 
it's a little bit a lot of fire and a little bit swinging a big axe um her bonds are with keanu uh keanu frightens frightens her uh, the fact that they are a mage unsettles me uh, and ember is angry with me because back when i was being a cop i caught her once and <laughs> since i'm the only one to do this that seems to have left a bit of a sore mark um yeah so those are our characters also keanu is an astrologian i wanted to say that because i didn't yes yes they all these are really fun like i don't know if they're they're kind of close to like classes in D&D and they're really fun. They're really fun ones. So I do not blame you for wanting that. There's one character thing that I do want to talk about and bring up because we all did it. And I just, I just want to share. Um, everybody picked a song for their character. Can everybody just <laughs> tell them which, which what song belongs with your characters um, in case someone wanted to listen to that? because I have been listening to those all morning. Yeah, did you listen to them, babe? <laughs> yeah, I, I, made a, I made a little playlist of them uh, for my hike this morning. Aw, that's amazing. Are we going in the same order? I mean, why not? Okay. Well, I... Okay, first of all, I made a whole playlist, so... You oh, know, shit, just... I only saw the first track. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. Um, I did put one track just below her name, because this is... This is something I do with all of my characters at this point because it's, you know, I'm me. I choose like a number of the Enneagram to give them. If you all know what that is, it's like yes. a personality thing, one through nine. Olivia's very familiar with it. We talk about it a lot. Um, but it's it's kind of, in my opinion, a better version of the Myers-Briggs. <laughs> um and so the the track that I have for Ember is the song. There's an album by the band Sleeping at Last that's called Enneagram, and it has a song for each number on the Enneagram. And so the number I chose for her was eight. So it's it's yeah, it's about what it means to be an eight on the Enneagram, which I won't get into because I don't think it's the time or place. But you should listen because it's great. <laughs> the whole album is just it's stellar. But eight it's is beautiful. Yeah, totally. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um, for uh, for Arno, I, I picked uh, my song was um, Gentle on My Mind by country music legend Glenn Campbell. Um, just because I feel like, you know, this game is all about going on a journey. And also um, Arno is a character who's kind of, you know, lost some loved ones along the way. And he's sort of out there searching for something. So I feel like it's the perfect just kind of like rambling along, just going to see what's out there um, and relying on friends and family on the journey. Traveling song. For Keanu, I chose um, Heard a Voice by Joshua Hislop. It's a uh, talking, it's kind of uh, the imagery in the song is really pretty about just kind of being, it's like outside, I've always heard a voice like a whisper on the wind in a world of noise. Um, and I don't know, just kind of seemed to fit the, I was like, it came on and while I was making this character and it fit the, um, my initial trait was actually soft, but intimidated kind of worked better. Um, but yeah, so kind of just magical kid. <laughs> um, I picked uh, uh, Angel of Small Death and the Codeine Scene by Hoiser. Uh, 
just because uh sometimes i i can like picture sort of like scenes in my head and i could see her like uh kicking in the door of of like the underbelly of the city to that song so that felt it felt right and also i didn't describe her and i really should um uh, <laughs> oh, yeah yeah um so her skin is like dark dark gray with like cracks in it that look like um like lava beneath and then she has like black eyes with like singular like red pupils uh pointed ears like in like an elf um and her hair basically looks it is hair but it looks like fire like it starts like a deep red at its roots and then gets all the way to like a sunshine yellow by the end and kind of like fluctuates along the way through oranges and stuff and she wears like simple black um uh like dress that's kind of like uh shortcut um because i think she still fights in that yeah yeah i think that's a did i did i do justice i think i did oh yeah i can picture Mm -hmm. it okay cool definitely okay we can finally play we we've we're very i i'm very excited about these characters so i'm happy we dug into them a little bit so basically here is here's how we play the world is a big place full of strangers and strange places. You will begin your journey at the Waking Gates just outside outside the walls of the Dreaming City. From there, you will take turns choosing places to visit, picking locations adjacent to the one you are currently in on the map. From the Waking Gates, you can reach Mira's Arch or Hazelbrook, Brook, and so on. There is no set path, and you can choose to visit many locations on the map, map or just a few. Either way, your adventure ends when you choose to go to Journey's End, which is the final location. Each location, um, when you reach a new place, look it up in the following sec- uh, following section of the book, which is like most of the book, really, and read the description. If you wish, describe how your characters arrive in the new location, then read the short question out loud. This is answered by all players, either in collaboration as a group or individually for each character. Some questions will be about you, others about the world. When you've answered the question, mark one point of dust on your character sheet. Then take turns choosing from the events associated with the location. If you're the one to choose the location, let someone else go first in choosing an event. If you choose as many, you can choose as many or as few of these events as you want. If none of them interest you, move on to the next location. Uh, Which events are accessible to you will vary depending on which skills your characters have. Once you have picked an event and either answered the prompt or played through a scene about it, each player whose player character was in the scene marks one point of dust. The player who chooses an event can decide if they wish to deal with the prompt on their own or whether they wish to include other characters. If they wish to include anyone, anyone with the required skills can participate. So there are four types of prompts. One has no um, skill requirement. One is a single skill requirement. Some are labeled with two skills with like a slash and can be accessed by characters who have either skill. Um, And an event labeled with two combined skills written as a skill plus a skill can only be accessed if you have both skills. However, you are allowed to collaborate if your character does not have the two required skills on their own. Um, They can choose one of their traveling companions to work together with to access this event. So that's basically the game. Our order for the day is going to be 
Uh, Natalie is going to be the first person to pick a scene. And then we're going to go through until we're kind of like done at, at point one, uh, which are the waking gates. And then Natalie is going to be the person who takes us on our first leg of our journey along the way. So does that sound good? Mm-hmm. And then it will be Will, Olivia, and then me <clears throat> cycling around. So, Natalie, do you want us to want to get us started? Mm-hmm. The Waking Gates are on page 13, if you need it. Yeah. Um, so I will I will just read kind of the beginning. So this is where we're starting. We're leaving the Dreaming City. Um, so two towering figures flank the path where the Dreaming City ends and the road begins. One of them is fashioned from horn, the other from ivory. Both of them so weathered by the centuries of wind that move through this place that their faces can no longer be made out. In their overlapping shadows, travelers of the road linger. The air is rich with voices and the ring of a hundred moving feet. So now I pick a scene. Oh, Um, we all have to answer the question first. Oh, 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 I didn't even see that question. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yep getting ahead of myself so the question that we all answer is what are you leaving behind so ember i i think i kind of mentioned this during character creation stuff uh or description but she's essentially leaving behind a life of danger and infamy and loneliness i think um or at least she's trying to she doesn't want this life anymore and she doesn't want to be alone anymore. And, um, yeah. Will you're next. Oh, I think we're just going to use that. The, that order for basically everything of what are we leaving behind? Uh, Oh no. Yeah. So everybody answers that question and then we'll mark a point of dust. Dust is like a, it's a sort of a currency that we'll use at the very end of the game. So yeah. At every at every location, everybody is going to answer a question. Okay. So I think in terms of what is being left behind, I think you know Arno still has a close knit family and community, so he's leaving behind his parents, his siblings, um, but I think he's also leaving behind you know painful memories and um, and sort of just like a bad taste in his mouth and he's just, he's not necessarily excited for what's out there, but he's um, anxious to just see what things will change in his life. Keanu um, is leaving behind kind of just home and safety um, and kind of like predictability, I would say. Um, It's like knowing that they can, they've kind of outgrown the the dreaming city um and they have to take what they have and go forward and jezebel is leaving behind everything uh all of her fellow arknights her purpose or what she thought was her purpose her grandfather um everything and i think she's not really communicating with anybody at at this moment i think she's kind of uh wrapped in like really heavy cloak and and like gloves and high boots um and even like a headscarf like all that's and over her face like all that's visible are her like her red eyes really mm-hmm. but natalie it cool. is now your fir- your first turn 
to pick a prompt. Okay, cool. Now it's prompt time. Um, now it is prompt time. <laughs> Let's see. And we shouldn't like read through all of our options every time, I'm guessing. Or should we? Probably not every time. Because there's there are a lot of options. So <laughs> maybe ju- maybe at this point, like just since this is the first person who's picking, you could read the titles. Okay. Because that's Sounds that's good. easy. That's short. Yeah. That's short enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my options here um, are the bro- Brotherhood of Banners, which requires arms as a skill, the Trinket Seller, which requires knowledge as a skill, the Prophet's Wind, which requires magic as a skill. And then horn and ivory, um, which requires either knowledge or magic as a skill. Um, So because I have the traits knowledge and arms, I get to choose between Brotherhood of Banners, Trinket Cellar, and uh, horn and ivory. So I think... (laughs) I think I might choose brotherhood of banners actually um so i'll read that one a battle-worn company of knights veterans of the road um their weapons are all tied with bright red strips of fraying fabric and their commander has the scars of a manticore's claw raking down the side of her face and the question is what do they tell you of the path ahead um and so just to clarify, so this could either just be me or I could bring someone else into it with yes. arms. Yes. Okay. How about everyone with arms is involved with this? Because I could see kind of like our party meeting them, right? Mm-hmm. And like asking questions. And we all have different skills in arms um, and are knowledge to- in that area. So are we together yet? Oh, I guess that's the question, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, we could have, um, we, we could be partially together. Natalie, what if Ember and Arno are sort of traveling together because they have a history and they're, they've set out just the two of them. Yeah. Maybe like Arno and Ember are together. Um, and like we kind of approach this brotherhood of banners to talk to them. And then maybe, maybe Jezebel, you might like come up, but we don't really know you yet, but maybe you also want to talk to them like separately. <laughs> she would not. She's on the oh, run. Okay. Remember? That's true. <laughs> she would not. She would not go okay. to like a p- group of people who are also maybe cops. Um, That's fair. Well, okay. You then... know, what, what better place to hide than, you know, fall in with a mercenary troop and. <laughs> They're going the wrong way. They're going the wrong way. Oh, that's right. Okay. So how about it's, you and me, Arno. We're going to talk to these guys. Yeah, I mean, they look a little worse for wear. Uh, maybe we could just skirt around them. I mean, it's kind of a rough-looking crowd. It's a rough-looking crowd, but don't you want to know what roughed them up so we can be prepared? Yeah, that's you make a good point. All right, let's go over there. Okay. I'm, are you imagining these figures to be like, you, you know, these like giant statues that are framing the waking gates? Does it kind of like open out onto like a desert or savanna and there's like sand blowing up and stuff? That's kind of what I was picturing. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And so maybe we have like 
you know, like shawls or like like bandanas kind of like tied up around our face. And like as we leave the gates, like sand is blowing up and this kind of dusty mercenary troop is standing there making camp. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, and so, and Ember will kind of like pull her hood of like her cloak, like over her face a little bit more. Um just to keep a low profile and to protect from all the dust <laughs> a little bit better. Um, and, and so the question that we're answering with this prompt is what do they tell you of the path ahead? And so, so we have kind of have some options here, right, Dane? Like we can either play out this scene and like mm-hmm. someone can play these NPCs and answer yeah. them. Or we can just answer the questions. Yes, you could just narrate it, whatever you'd like. Okay. But if I ask one of you to play the NPC, then you answer that question? Um, I suppose yes, but also the other option, of course, is you could answer it, and then we could play out the scene anyways. So I, it's very flexible. Okay, okay. Um, so... Yeah, so I like the idea of playing out the scene because, you know, it's a show and that's fun. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think, what do they tell you of the path ahead? Um, I think that it's going to be something along the lines of um, everything isn't what it seems like um you may enter these kind of safe havens you may meet people or creatures that um you know appear to be friendly appear to be allies uh there appears to be shelter but um there are like there are many secrets on this path and uh you can't trust everyone you meet and you can't trust everywhere that you stay so i think i think it's going to be something along those lines and then maybe we can kind of play out the scene and get into that how does that sound that sounds good okay do you want me to Um, take the uh, commander yeah that would be great okay so yeah i think that ember's just kind of going to like pull her hair down a little bit in front of her face put her hood up and um, approach them with a good amount of confidence. Um, and I think she would know like who the commander is. I'd imagine like there's some type of special pin emblem cloak that maybe marks her authority. Uh, it's the, it's the number of red strips on her weapon. She has the most. Okay. That makes sense. Hi, um, my name is Ember. May I speak with you? I think she, like, stops and, like, holds up a hand for a second and, like, with, like, the the haft of her spear, like, smacks one of the other knight's, like, knees, like, to, like, keep them up, like, keep them in line. And then, like, looks Mm. over Arnon and, and, and Ember and says... Can I help you with something? Yes, I believe you can. Um, This is my friend Arnon. 
We are about to um, embark on the path from where you came, and uh, we're seeking guidance, if you have any. Yeah, is there like a good inn or someplace, you know, where we could get a bite to eat? You know, I'm just trying to make an itinerary for the trip and uh, got my maps here. But, you know, I like to sort of plot out the journey, you know, if you will. Or um, maybe something I was thinking along the lines of uh, death traps or, um, you know, anything that might get us killed. And she kind of shoots Arno a glance. Yeah, that would be great to know, too. But really just like some good food is also, you know, equally important in my list of priorities. You can find both. Either way you take. Head down that way. You'll off be off to Hazelbrook. It's a town. Probably a little more likely to find food. Mira's Arch is the other way. But... Truth is... And, like, she turns her head, like, just thinking. Like, she's not, like, showing this off. But, like, she's got this, like, huge scar... You might not know either one when you see it. Can you tell us more? Not particularly. The road changes on you. Sometimes a foul face hides all the beauty within. And sometimes a foul face means run. (laughs) Everything needs a second look. Okay. And that's all you're bringing? It's little knives? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. You don't know what she can do with those little knives. And you don't know what's out there. Ember's just smirking. She's, like, kind of amused by that comment. Look, uh, I'll take the lady with the little knives over whatever's out there. Uh, any day of the week. Ember gives him a very strong nudge in the ribs. <laughs> if we ever pat cross paths again, I'd be interested to see if um, which of us was right. Safe travels. And I think she gets back in line and then calls out to somebody like just be like, like just like keeping them like reprimanding them. She's reprimanding her troops who have laxed without her attentions. Thank you. She gives a wave over her shoulder. Okay, well, that was vague, but doesn't sound like anything we can't handle. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it sounds all right. I still don't know what we're going to do for dinner, but, um... (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, it's good to know to be on the lookout. I'll I'll catch you a desert rat or something. How about that? <laughs> Yuck. Okay, sounds like a plan. <laughs> did you uh, did you hear all that, stranger? I think Arno's looking over at um, uh, at Jezebel, who has been like kind of silently watching. I th- think she pulls her like. Her, 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 like, face covering, like, tighter and not saying anything, like, walks away. 
Ooh, tough crowd. I think Ember's like kind of squinting at her um, and kind of keeping an eye on Jezebel because like Jezebel's familiar, but I think because she's like so heavily layered up and kind of keeping a low profile as well, she doesn't really recognize her all the way. Um, but I think she's giving her some wary glances and she's like, maybe, maybe we should, um, maybe we should get going. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should, um, let's, uh, let's follow this figure though, because I don't know, maybe there's more to her than meets the eye. There probably is more to her than meets the eye, but I don't know if that's a good thing. What, you think someone's onto you? I always have to assume that someone's onto me. That's how I survive. Fair enough. I mean, let's hope we can get to a place where we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like that. But you're still going to make cool knives for me, though, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm already working on a prototype. So, I mean, you got to see. We got to scale some mountains. You know, I've got I've got the perfect thing for it. I mean, if you're doing hand-to-hand -hand combat, you want something that breaks into five separate knives. How? The real question mm -hmm. is, how many knives do you want one big knife to break into? Uh, as many as you can manage while keeping it slim and discreet. Okay, slim and discreet. I'll make a note of that. I think Arno brings out like a, like a charcoal and some parchment and is like making notes to his design. <laughs> while he kind of like wheels away on the on the path. Okay, so um, we could bring Keanu into this in the next scene because I kind of wanted to go to um, Mira's arch. Um, as the second stop on our our journey. Oh wait. Pause. Hang on. Mm -hmm. um, just so everyone's aware, there's two long, long turns. There's two sets of turns going right now. There's the okay. big turn. There's the big turn where who gets to pick where we go next. Um, but there's also the fact that will everyone gets a chance to do a scene at the gates, at the waking oh, okay. gates. So you get to pick a prompt now. And then Olivia oh. will get to pick a prompt, and then I get to pick a prompt. Mm -hmm. And then if Natalie wants to pick another or move on, that's up to her. Oh, gotcha. I didn't know that. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Um, also, so yeah, so that was Natalie's scene at the Waking Gates. So everyone who participated in that, um, so everyone in this case except um, uh, Keanu gets an additional point of dust. And the other reason Keanu couldn't be in that scene was because Keanu does not have the arm skill at all. Okay, yeah, mm. boom. So there okay. were, yes. Yeah. So now yeah. Will gets to pick a scene from the potential prompts um, listed based around their skills. And a Keanu, of course, can be invited into that scene. I just wanted to double check everyone was on the same page, and I'm glad I did. Mm. Okay. <laughs> So then I'll do the second, or uh, I'll do the um, the third prompt that it gives us, which is the prophet's wind. So as we're there um, around the waking gates, um, a slight sort of a restless breeze stirs the air around the gate, 
and patterns whirl in the soft sand that stretches between the two monuments. And I think that um, Arno kind of like gazes out um, and sort of uh, sees, sees the shifting sands almost like runes that he can't quite comprehend. Normally everything is so etched and orderly. Um, I think he's like squinting. He has some sort of like almost the equivalent of like medieval sunglasses that he's like dropped down, like sort of like weird goggles sort of things. Um, but the sand is moving and shifting so quickly that he can't really make sense of it. Um, and so what it, what the patterns tell him of the journey ahead is just sort of to expect the unexpected, similar to what um, the mercenary leader said to them. And I think that was, I was just going to, treat that as sort of a solo um, moment of reflection. So if, if Keanu wants to step up and have a scene as well, I mean, but by all means, but I think that was Arno's um, reflection. I guess I have a scene next. I think Horn and Ivory, um, I have, there's a slash, but I have knowledge and magic. Um, Horn and Ivory, the towering figures have stood by the waking gates for a a time out of mind. Legend has it they were here before the city ever was. Many hands have passed over them, one last touch to bring a bit of good luck, a bit of luck for the road. As you touch them, what memory of the past do the monuments reawaken in your mind? Uh, for Keanu, it's being a really young kid and learning um, about magic from their father um, for the first time. And it was sitting in the garden and listening to the wind and interpreting what it was trying to say. And that can be solo um, unless Arnon wants to touch them as well. No, I, I feel good about that. Cool. This is, yeah, I feel like we're sort of on the precipice of great change, everyone is sort of wondering if they have cold feet or second guessing, but kind of like ready to take the first steps. Mm -hmm. So you both gain, a, um, so Kiranu gain also gains a comforting dream and you both get dust for that. Um, so I am locked out of these prompts now. So, I have to pass. So it's Natalie's go again. Okay. Oh, oh, so we, okay. We can't like repeat prompts. No, I guess that makes sense. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, cause the only thing left is the trinket seller, which is locked out by knowledge and I don't have knowledge. So, so, so maybe this begins, um, and just to be clear, so I can move on to the next like location now. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. you get to pick. The options are, uh, if we both look at the, if we can all look at the map, um, at the gates, there's there's number three, which is available. Uh, I believe that's Hazelbrook, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mira's Arch is to the right. Let's go to, let's go to Mira's Arch. Um, this is number two on the map and okay. So I'll, so I'll read it, um, carved out of the living stone itself, the eponymous 
Eponymous? Eponymous? <laughs> Mira's Arch is a narrow span of white sandstone across a deep valley, anchored on either side by statues of graceful gaze hounds. Travelers will find there are two ways to cross the bridge, to simply take the long, narrow walk across, or to climb below to where the people who call this place home have built their dwellings inside the stonework of the bridge itself. Clustered like birds' nests, a path winds between them, suspended above the valley floor. What grants you passage? Mm. And we all get to answer that one. Right. So for Ember specifically, I think what's going to grant her passage is uh, like... Like, I wonder if there there's probably some type of guard here, I'd imagine. Um, and I think that she kind of studies them for a little bit and she can see. She can see that they're really bored, right? <laughs> like they're mm -hmm. they're just hanging out. And so I think that she's going to offer um like she's kind of she's going to offer to like play a round of cards with one of them um and she's like okay if i win then you have to let me through and i feel like he's bored enough that he's just like yeah right <laughs> um and she easily wins because she's really good at cards what grants arno passage um i think arno approaches um and this sort of mirrors arch is sort of like the desert has given way to a sort of like badlands or like kind of like canyon like the wind has carved out these little like slot canyons and um there's like people kind of living inside the mountains kind of like i mean you you're a couple of durango kids like mesa verde mm -hmm. sort of um sort of thing mm -hmm. and i think um arno helps them like repair uh, there's like a, a sort of a toll area where they they like mark passage and he helps you know point out ways that they could fix like their irrigation channels or like the the metal that they do to collect rainwater and stuff he kind of like adds a couple carvings or shows them some ways that they could more efficiently like attract the rain and like collect it and store it underwater or underground um and i think that's like one night up on the like ridge top when like the warm cozy little fires inside like the stone windows and like on the cliff sides are are roasting he wheels out with one of the um like townsfolk to show them like some some ways and so then they're like the next day they send them on their way and like refill the water skins and like give them um some fresh supplies cool so it sounds like you guys are taking the low path if i'm understanding how this works <laughs> Through the town. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. And Keanu um, talks to the people that are around um, about just like ask, ask them if they have any worries that they could resolve by talking to the spirit world. And so spends some time just talking about the people's future with them and um, makes camaraderie and gives them hope. Uh, Jezebel ignores the guards and 
goes to, to and ignores the uh, the actual town and is going to cross the bridge um, up top. So there's she is granted passage by the lack of anyone guarding that way, or so it seems. So, um, if you guys look on the map, I've updated it to show a prompt order as well as a navigation order. Hopefully that will help. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say, do we want to like reverse the order sometimes just so different people get like a first pick at scenes? You, it will. So here, so if you look what's going on right now, Natalie, you're now last in prompt order. Oh, I see how this works. Okay. Yeah. This game is really smart about turns and I'm just struggling with it, but it's so, really cool. <laughs> yeah. So Will, you picked the mm. first, you're going to pick the first prompt, then Olivia, then me, then Natalie. Um, okay. Gotcha. And then now Will, you're going to be the person who chooses where we go next. Gotcha. 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 And it will just progress like this. It's like these, like it's, it's. It's very elegant, but it definitely has like this like double gear situation going on. But Anna, you're too smart for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, so I'll I can pick a scene that I'd like to see in this location. Yes, and um, everyone should have gotten dust for answering the prompt as well. Oh yeah, give me that yeah. dust. Give me that sweet dust. <laughs> that um, sounds like a drug. <laughs> I think there is a drug called dust. There's gotta yep. be. Yeah. Duster. You can do computer duster. Angel is dust. It like, oh, yeah, angel, angel dust. dust. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Kids at home, don't... You can just yeah, no, mute this no. part of the podcast. <laughs> I might cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> the part where we just name different drugs that you can do. Um... <laughs> Uh, so I like to, I want to like add like a slight retcon here. I mean, mm-hmm. let me know what you guys think about this. Obviously this journey that we're on has a lot of twists and turns. I like to think that maybe it's not just the four of us yet. It's like, we're traveling with a group of pilgrims. People have various things they want to do. And, and as we take different turns and stuff, it, the, the group gets smaller and smaller as we venture off. Yeah, I was imagining that myself because I'm like, we're not a, f- a foursome mm-hmm. yet. We're, uh, yeah. I f- it feels like we're we just went the same way by chance so far, mm-hmm. and I really like that idea that there's lots and, of us. And I like the idea that like we arrived at Mira's Arch with, a, which is a sort of a small cliff dwelling community, and like in the middle of the night, um, Jezebel kind of like slinked off and sort of like crawled up top to get over, you know, and we might rejoin them later. Or, you know, some people are moving through, people are selling things, some are, some of them are merchants. And I like mm-hmm. to think maybe um, Kirano, Kiano, um, and uh, and Arno maybe, like, bumped into each other and like, oh, I recognize you from the Dreaming City. Yeah, you sold me that silver bracelet once. Oh, you gave me that stick and poke tattoo. Great, cool, cool. And I think, like, because we're resting to get supplies they kind of like walked through the little community, the cliff dwelling community for a little bit. And we stumbled upon, um, Oh, where is it? Oh, here it is. Um, we stumbled upon the hanging garden. So spiraling around the outside of a small home, I think that is like carved with some steps that lead up sort of like, you know, um, into the cliff side, a little bit above town is a small home with a sprawl of bright blossoms and small fruit trees that bloom. 
um, and it's near the top of the cliffside up up on the on the top. There's like a mini orchard, and every so often a gust of wind will carry like a flurry of petals down into the valley below. Um, and I think there's kind of like a very a very old wizard there, and Arno recognizes some of the runes that are carved on the side of the house, and I think uh, Arno's just like, oh, Kiana, you want to um. Let's let's go sample the local flair. Let, let's go see if anyone if anyone's home. Sure, let's go. Um, and I think we we like uh, we kind of knock on the door. We go inside, and maybe there's just like a very uh, a very old man who's kind of like watering his plants, and his like the petals are falling down. And the question is sort of, what seeds of a spell do we find here? Um, and I think what Arno wants to know is like, what, how long have you been here? You know, what's your secret to keep, to, to making such, you know, beautiful things bloom and what seems to be an inhospitable, you know, desolate place. Does anyone feel like they want to pop in as the mage or this like hermit that lives up there? Nat, do you want this one? Yeah, let's try it. Um, Sorry, did you give a physical description of this person yet, or no? Uh, no, not yet. Yeah, feel free to, to add one. I think it's a woman um, who... She has, like, a pixie cut um, and is, like, middle-aged, I'd say. Um, and quite pretty. And... Um, she has like tattoos like all over her body of like uh um like plants like um and flowers and stuff like that and i you said you just like walked up to her yard <laughs> yeah we knocked her like knocked on the door okay we're like we're traveling we're in a small town we're bored we're just killing time okay cool <laughs> um yeah, so I think that she opens the door and kind of gives you a look. Um, and who might you be again? Oh, uh, Arno Dallos. I'm a spellsmith from the Dreaming City. I don't know if you've heard of me, but uh, I make trinkets, odds and ends, that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm Keanu um, Finch. I'm from the Dreaming City, too. I... I'm an as- as- astrologer. Hmm. Just beginning your journey, I assume. She kind of looks you up and down. Oh yeah, trying to trying to learn everything we can. Just wondering, you know, this is a beautiful garden you have. It's amazing you can make it bloom, you know, at this time of year and in this sort of climate. Yes, well, I um, I've been practicing a long time. And I, I found that folks around here, they, they, need, they need some life every now and then, um, especially the travelers who are returning home. Um, uh, I've just, I've been studying it for years. Um, I specialize in natural magics. Uh, it's a matter of, yeah, it's a matter of practice, really, and, um, you know, support for my community. What, what, what exactly do you want to know? 
are you tr would you like to try this magic would you I, like to just know about it i mean if you have um if there's anything you add to these plants i'm very interested in you know how to keep things how to nurture things you know most of the stuff i do is is cold and metallic in nature I, i'd like something you know that that keeps that you know um provides life or energy so something that you know a loved one could wear you know to keep them safe or or extend their life if possible hmm okay one moment and i think she runs like back into the house real fast um and returns a couple moments later uh and she has like a handful of flower buds like just the very beginning and seeds and little things like that most people most people think of flowers as uh, delicate things, but I've found that when you're when you're using magic and you're trying to make things last, like you said, um, nature, uh, flowers, plants, the like, always has a way of persisting. Um, and it's actually one of the easiest things to make last if you if you care for it. Um, so these these shouldn't be too hard to use. Um, these are just buds. You can plant them, and uh, if you if you wait long enough, uh, they'll they'll sprout. You could you could make something out of them if you'd like. Um, you'll have to wait a little while, but these are I've I've already. I've already worked worked some magic, used some spells on these, so they should be everlasting. You just have to, you just have to care for them. Oh. Don't lose them, please. Oh, oh, you you got it, you got it. I think um, Ar Arno opens a compartment in his wheelchair that has like he puts like sort of like a cup holder, but it's for like a terracotta plant, you know, potting potting pot, and he like digs up some soil and plants the seeds and waters them. He's like. There they are. It's right by my hand. I'll just, you know, water it whenever the soil's dry. Good. Well, good luck. If if you find your way back here, I would love to see what you make out of them. I won't let you down. And uh, thank you again. <laughs> she kind of nods at Keanu. Uh, or she like kind of like looks at Arno and then nods towards Keanu. She's like, share some with your friend. I think, I think they could use him. <laughs> we can, uh, this would be a communal garden, Keanu, you know, feel free to come over anytime while we're on the path and, uh, we can, we can tend the garden together. That sounds so nice of you. That's, that's so nice of you. I would love to. That feels like um, that feels like scene to me. Does is anyone else feel like there's anything else they want to add? I think like as you're leaving, she'll just you. She kind of like looks at you with like this deep sadness in her eyes, and she's like, "Good luck, travel safe." And then I think yeah, I think she'd just say goodbye. So that could be seen. And then it's. Keanu's turn. So the one that I can do on this prompt list is the glass priest. Um, 
under the eaves of a bridge bottom tea house where the path winds past a veranda you find a traveler dressed in the queer gold and green mask and flowing vestments of a glass priest they sit cross-legged with a glass of tea in one hand and a handful of painted stones spread before them what prophecy do they speak to you yeah so um i keanu kind of just walks up and sits cross-legged next to them and looks at them it's like hello i'm i'm keanu i'm i'm new to this whole traveling thing and um you're a new one you're new yes yeah okay and no one has told you anything about my priesthood my tea house anything like that uh, uh, no, 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 no reviews, no one coming back on the other way, the other direction of the road or the path. Not yet. I, I was, I like the stones in your hand and tea. Okay. Tea's you like the stones. You like the good. stones. Great, 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 great. So have you heard of Ilmatur before? He's sort of a divine being. We kind of worship him. He's a great, great great figure sort of a deity and once again you no one no one told you about you know um asking for their shillings back or anything like that missing jewelry none of that followed you no oh great okay well let's get right in so if you want to enter a timeshare of about 10 gold fathoms um i can provide for you basically a prophecy every two weeks or so that will kind of you know (laughs) direct you about what decisions you should make. And I can guarantee, I think he takes like a scroll and spreads it out. I can guarantee divine returns of about um, 10% increase in your gold or uh, 30% decrease in your gout or blood diseases that you might suffer from. Um, these are all the services that Ilmatur provides for his uh, followers and his his worshipped. Oh, oh, so, oh. I, this is new. I'm new. Um, so, uh, huh. So do a lot, a lot of people invest in this? Oh yeah. Tons, tons. I mean, and once again, you didn't speak to anyone in town, right? No, no, no. Should I have though? (laughs) No, no, no. You should not have. No, no. Uh, uh, I mean, not that you shouldn't have. It's just, you know, it's good that you didn't because, you know, they are heathens, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that I'm a scammer or a charlatan. And that's just because they haven't seen, you know, Ilmatur's blessing the way I have. Um, and you're oh. fresh from the Dreaming City, so you haven't spent much coin anywhere yet. No, I haven't. Great, great. Okay, well, then I can give you an incredible deal. Okay, give you a fantastic deal. Um if you want to uh, maybe, let's call it uh, 20 gold fathoms, you know, I'll take 20 gold fathoms and uh, maybe then the steam over this tea will start to rise. And I think, I think I can see a little bit of a prophecy starting to form. How does that sound? I think it's been great to meet you. <laughs> I think I'm actually going to go on my walk now. Um, oh, oh! What's this? The, no, the the steam is. Oh, the steam! He's starting to pour the tea a little faster into the cup. <laughs> I, 
and he's kind of you can tell he's bumping the bottom of the table with his knee and the painted stones are kind of clattering and spreading around and he's like oh this is this is portending you know i can is portend is the is the word that's right that's a real word Uh, portend (laughs) this is important i mean i'm seeing big big changes in your life what did you say your name was again ma'am sir uh, um, Traveler. I'm Keanu. Keanu, yes. Oh, big changes for Keanu. They're they're in distress. They're in distress. Uh, I see a city in the clouds, and I see Keanu. Um, Keanu's mother, father is alive, is dead, is sick, <laughs> is elderly. I, I. There's a lot of magic. <laughs> and in in the world and magic works so differently for for everybody it does um, yeah it my does. magic works very differently than most yeah um but i i appreciate the time and oh, okay. uh i also sure. i also have ma- some magic things that i've learned in my small amount of time on this journey in my life um and i respect your magic and and mine too so i'm i'm going to leave you with your stones and your your tea all right well when those dark strangers fight on the bridge uh in a couple hours um i know who wins that fight but i guess you'll never know uh thank you for lovely interaction yeah well thanks for nothing keanu okay Uh, okay uh uh bye and like kind of awkwardly like gets up and like stumbles away and like shakes head um lets out a long sigh and thinks about magic and the, the magic that they know and the magic that they might have just witnessed and uh yeah that's where keanu is (laughs) <laughs> thank you will that was great that was beautiful <laughs> what an ass um <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so it's my turn and all that's left is the gaze hound guard which is locked by arms so that's good um So those who dare to pass across the bridge will find its keeper waiting for them. A tall figure, face shadowed by the brim of their hat and their body wrapped in a cloak made of many strips of knotted fabric. Challenges all who would seek to pass. Do you win or do you fall to her bright bladed spear? Um, so I, I will go ahead. Will I was going to say, this is almost like a battle between two dark strangers that a glass priest foretold about on a on a bridge almost. oh my god oh my god how could he have known <laughs> yeah so maybe maybe he wasn't a charlatan all along yeah but maybe they're maybe they're also exploiting people um <laughs> uh i think this is like near i think it's in the morning uh that you guys are like leaving and so i think think that after the fight there will be time for people to interact so i'm going to invite arnon and and uh, ember into the scene 
and the I can't I can't invite uh, <laughs> Keanu because Keanu doesn't have arms. And the way I, I think they're there, but I think Jezebel will not interact with them. Like just just like if Keanu says anything, she's just like, nope, I'm not going to. Nope, not going to say anything to you. Uh, and in that way, you are not involved. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is like I'm just going to sort of paint the picture of what you guys see and then. I think the actual heart of the scene is actually getting the characters together in a bigger way. So I, th- I think you guys are, are turning to leave and I'm imagining this like big arc arc bridge, right? You go, most people go under, go through town and then come up the other side and like can look back. And as you guys do, Will, you're talking about these pilgrims, right? That this is like a, that this is, there's a, a big group of them sort of kind of like constantly flowing you were saying yeah yeah but it like dwindles after each place right like some people are like no i'm gonna i'm gonna stay here for a while um Uh or they're like oh well we're gonna we're turning off here to go to this location yeah so you guys um are like kind of with with them um and very few people take the actual overbridge because most people know that you're you have to face um the gaze hound guard and I really like this image of a very tall, spindly, like I'm thinking like maybe 10 feet tall figure um, with their, with this, like this cloaked of nat- knotted fabric and like wide brimmed hat and a bright, bright spear um, near the end of, of it. And you guys don't get to hear any like conversation or anything like you're too far away but there's a small figure like a, a person-sized figure that even at the distance you guys can see like the the dark bright um glowing ember eyes and they stop for a second and and definitely the the guard is like making like a you you won't pass without facing me sort of like gesture um and then the smaller figure jezebel she she like lobs her backpack like over the guard and lands like right next to you guys and then she bursts to life in flame and like the rest of her like clothes burn away down to the dress that she normally wears that i think is enchanted to be able to survive heat and i think it's like a three strike thing where like they clash blades once her her like star steel axe like rings against the bright spear and then there's just like the cacophony of fire. And I think the guard falls. I don't think it's a mortal blow, but it's enough. And there's a, there's a small interaction between them where the spindly guard hands, hands Jezebel the, uh, a figurine. And she seems to pocket it and then crosses over to the bridge at which point she sees Ember and like her eyes go really wide um, and like stops dead. I think that Ember has a similar reaction. Um, I think she just like pales um, and um, she kind of, she doesn't whip out a knife, but she like puts her hand like to her side like kind of ready 
I think she's just, I think she's waiting for Jezebel to make a move here. It's Ember, right? Uh. Or do you still go by the crow? I think she, like, there's just kind of like a, like, she can tell that she's kind of like thinking, like, there's like a flicker of like, wait, do I, like, is this like, do I still go by the crow? (laughs) Like, I'm seeking this whole other life. Um, But uh, it's very, very subtle. And, and she just kind of sighs and she's like, Ember's fine. You're the Ark Knight. You can call me Jezebel. She nods. Jezebel. So we meet again. Yeah. You're worried about me taking you in, catching you. That's not what this is. Why are you all the way out here then? I have my own reasons. Who's your friend? Another criminal? I resent that. You don't dispute it, though, either. I can still resent it, though. I see. He won't hurt you. Trust me. Hey! But I will give her the tools to hurt you. This is Arnon. He's a spellsmith. A pleasure to make your acquaintance. Of what caliber? The highest. And I think, uh... Arno touches like a, a strokes like a rune on the on the um, armrest of his wheelchair, and immediately like a uh, crossbow like opens up from a compartment and like loads the bolt facing Jezebel. Before then, he like presses it and it folds back in. I see. Well, I, um, I guess if you're a criminal. That's fine. Better, even. Okay. You you still work for the city? No. Why not? I've I've never heard of an Arknight quitting or retiring. First time for everything. My reasons are my own. So maybe uh, you shouldn't be throwing the word criminal around so casually. I have done nothing wrong. Listen, we all have our secrets here. Okay. We, I won't inquire further about yours if you grant us the same favor. Deal? Deal. And who's this other one? I don't think I've met Keanu, have I? Um, like officially? <laughs> Keanu's just kind of far away waving from the, 
<laughs> the side of the battle. I'm Keanu. I uh, I'm an astrologian, astrologian. Uh, people say it different ways. I'm uh, my ma- magic and well, of course, knowledge. I don't know them. I Look, also- I can vouch Keanu is cool. Okay, Keanu can hang. Keanu Finch. Keanu Finch. Yeah, that's my name. Jezebel is looking at, at Arno and is not registering them at all. They're Keanu Finch of the Finch family. Uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't even. Olivia, just to be clear, I think that we're like talking about you in a huddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not addressing you. Perfect. (laughs) Are they or are they not? Ember's just looking at Arno with like her eyebrows raised. Hey, I don't know. I sold him some jewelry once. I... I mean, it was pretty expensive. We did go out, you know, to celebrate the commission, and they gave me this tattoo, and Arno rolls up their sleeve. And now, whenever I'm anxious or nervous about anything, the tattoo oddly calms me when I place my hand on it, but... Innocent until proven guilty, I guess. Sorry to bother you. And I think she, like, moves to pick up her bag. Ember's, like, looking her up and down, like, studying, like, looking for, just just trying to get a sense of what she has on her or kind of how she's behaving. But doesn't really say anything else. Well, well, maybe we should get out of here before uh, Jezebel gets in trouble for murdering what might be the guard of the city. Not Once again, not labeling anyone a criminal here. Not labeling anyone, you know. She's a golem. She's not going to die from that. Okay, well. I hope you knew that before you um, mortally struck them. Arnon. Come on, let's just leave her alone. She clearly doesn't want anything to do with us, so... I, I think that can be seen. Uh-huh. And I, I think it might just be chance again that keeps everyone together. 